Hey, Selfish Babe, if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, I recommend trying Anchor by Spotify. It's the platform I love for podcasting. I really love it because some days you just want to get out what you want to say easily, and the Anchor app allows you to record your podcast right from your phone. One of my favorite things I love about Anchor is that you can add background music to each episode and cut audio quickly to add in advertisements. Anchor will distribute your podcast to all the major platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. Anchor is free. To get started, go to anchor.fm to start your podcast today. Maybe one day you'll be making millions from your podcast. Hey love, welcome to the Selfish Bay Podcast, aka Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike O.C. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. The Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast is sponsored by my company, Goddess Detox. Goddess Detox is a holistic wellness company dedicated to providing women with self-love inspired products to physically, spiritually, and emotionally detox. If you are a woman wanting to detox her ex, detox negative emotions, as well as to get more in tune with yourself and your vagina, check out our Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls, as well as our Queen's Theme and Queen's Throne Combo, which is the in-home vaginal steam set for your convenience. You can find out more information on our products at goddessdetox.org, as well as follow at goddessdetox on Instagram. Tell them Olenike OC sent you. Selfish Babe, it is your girl, Anike O.C. here, bringing you another Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast, and I would love to introduce you guys to Lay, who is the CEO of Good Crick America. Say hello. Hi, guys. How are you? And remember, if you are listening to the podcast, subscribe, and if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well at Olenike O.C. Now, Lay, how would you introduce yourself? Um, well, I would like to introduce myself. First, I would like to thank you um, for having me on this podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, my name is Kalea Cross. Um, I go by K Cross the Boss on Instagram. Um, I'm the CEO of my dad's company, um, Good Credit America. And, um, you know, I started working with credit um, very early in my childhood. Uh, my parents talked about it a lot. My mom, my dad has been um, building people's credit for a really long time. So it's something that we talked about, you know, in our household, um, you know, because they don't really teach you that in school. You, you don't go to school to learn, you know, about credit and about financial freedom and about finance. Um, I did major in finance when I went to college, but they don't really touch on, you know, credit. So I think my first experience with credit it's very similar to a lot of people, you know, their first experience is probably something bad, right? Where they um, got a, someone called them because they missed a payment. And um, I think my experience was very similar, you know. Um, Before you get in, I want, I want to say something to the Selfish Babes. So for the Selfish Babes listening, um, I had met Lay at a retreat that I had met through India. Right. And it was about real estate and financial wellness and building that 
so much more so in that kind of arena. And so I remember Lay and her dad had presented on credit. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really good information. And so I know Lay has helped me with like some business credit for Selfish Babe and Goddess Detox, as well as setting up, you know, the LLC and, you know, the, the paperwork that sometimes we don't want to do. And so usually when I bring a Selfish Babe on, I like to ask them, you know, what specific experience or obstacle or traumatic experience that they have been through. And so I was like, oh, we're talking about credit. Like, let me ask about a financial <laughs> traumatic experience or a financial um, obstacle. And so I, I know she was going to go into it just talking about bad credit. And the reason I really wanted to have this podcast is just because um, a selfish trip had DM me on Instagram and she had asked if I could do a podcast on credit or like financials. And so I'm like, Oh, who do I know? And I remembered Lay, and I was like, I want to bring her on a podcast. Because as a selfish babe, when it comes to us selfishly and authentically loving ourselves, um, there's so many aspects to that. And I think one of those aspects is building wealth and our making, taking, making sure and taking care of our financials as well. And here in the States and everywhere really in the world, credit matters. And back in the day when I was younger, I didn't really understand why credit mattered. Even Honestly, um, about a year and a half ago, I mean, I still heard about it, but I was, it wasn't something that I felt that I needed too much. And so when I had went to that retreat and Lay and her dad had presented, they kind of broke down the importance of credit and building wealth. And I'm like, wow, like when she had mentioned that we really don't, you know, get taught this information in school is very, very true. And so I'm just so glad that you're on the podcast to be able to kind of break it down for the selfish babes, as well as help any selfish babes that do want to get their credit in check, because I know there is something out there, it's no shame, right? It's called um, being accountable. And so, you know, taking accountability of our finances. And so now I do want to ask you, Lay, I know you're going to get into it, but tell me about, you know, a financial traumatic experience for you. So I would say I was in college, right? And, you know, when you go to college, you think you're responsible. Um, you open up your checking account. You pr pretty much get your first checking account in college. I know we do as, you know, you know, um, so you pretty much get your first checking account. You get your savings account, right? And when you're opening, you go to open up these accounts. Uh, it's usually someone on campus that comes to the school. I know for me, I went to Temple University. So that was uh, PNC Bank. And once you open up those accounts, you know, the clerk says to you, um, do you want to also open up a checking account, right? And when you go to college, you think that you're responsible, you think you know everything. So, of course, you know, yes, I would like to open up that um, credit card, right? I don't know a whole lot about it. I wasn't taught, um, you know, a lot about it. The only thing that I was really taught was most people, um, you need to have good credit. So when they ask you if you want to get a credit card, you know, you, you think that you know everything. So you're like, yes, I would like to get a, my first credit card. So that was me. Um, I had got my first credit card. I knew about credit because my dad had been telling me. Um, so I got my first credit card. And then a couple months later, you know, I got a call from a representative from the bank, you know, and I've, I'm pretty sure everyone has experienced that. You know, you get the call. Hello, this is Sally calling from a recorded line and like, you know, your heart drops because you're like, who is this calling me on a recorded line? And back then, um, lenders, they could say, creditors could say anything that they want to you. There were no like rules and regulations on, you know, how they spoke with you. So, you know, I'm on the phone um, and she's telling me like, you need to pay this before you get that credit. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, like, 
I've always had good credit. Like, this is my first credit card. My parents taught me to be responsible. I'm in college. Like, I'm in fine. I'm a finance major. You know, I understand credit. And um, I hung up the phone and I immediately called my dad, like, crying, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have that credit because I knew about it, but I didn't know, like, so much about it, right? I didn't know that if you missed one payment, your account goes five payments, five days past due, and it doesn't report to the credit bureau, but it's also considered late, and you may get a late fee, but you're still okay, right? So I'm thinking, my credit is going to be ruined, I'm not going to be able to get a job, and, you know, it's the end of the world for me. Um, So that was pretty much, um, you know, my first experience. My dad, you know, he calms me down, and he explains to me the different stages of your account going past due, And then, um, you know, my journey on learning about credit and being more responsible pretty much started um, through the the lessons like that. So lessons that my dad was teaching me about credit. Um, You know, I paid it and it was fine. And then I learned that, you know, your account goes five payments past due and you're fine. You actually have 31 days before your account actually goes and reports late to the credit bureau, right? So that was a, a traumatizing experience for me, you know, getting called by a collection agency, not a collection agency, but, you know, by, you know, by a creditor. Like, I've never had that experience before. And I'm pretty sure, like, so many people have, have went down that road, you know. So um, pretty traumatizing for me. Um, you said that you was afraid she wasn't going to get a job. Now, why, how did you relate credit to getting a job? Well, because credit oh my God, it impacts so many different parts of our lives. And one of them is getting a job, you know, because um, because getting a job is so competitive, right? Pulling your credit report has now become a factor when it's time for you to compete against someone else with getting a job, right? So I actually know someone who she got the promotion, right? She celebrated and everything. And then her job checked her credit and she had been working for the same company for years. Right. And her job checked, checked her credit. And then, um, you know, she had bad credit, so she wasn't able to get her promotion. So today in this world, um, if you have that credit, it can prevent you from getting a promotion or getting the job that you wanted. Stupid though, because I feel like, Hey, if I'm going to get this promotion, I'm going to get more money. And would that not benefit my credit if I'm paying my bills on time, you know, or if I have extra money to pay bills or extra money to pay off my credit card, wouldn't like, wouldn't the promotion help me get better credit? You know what I'm trying to say? It does. But in the eyes of lenders, you look irresponsible. And how can you be responsible um, in your work setting if you're not responsible with paying your own bills on time? Wow. That's crazy. I had no idea. Okay. Now I don't know like, so why is good credit even important? Because I know that there's some selfish babes listening that could be like, that know about it, right? The, the different age range that know that good credit is important. But then there's also some selfish babes. Like me, when I was probably, like I said, like a year and a half ago, I really didn't understand the impact it had for me or the impact that it could have for me or what the point was, like, how could I even benefit it? So first I want to ask you, what, like, what, why do we need good credit? So good credit is important because it creates opportunity, right? So everything that we do in everything life and everyday life, um, credit affects it, right? So we already went over jobs, right? It also affects um, our lifestyles, right? It affects 
where we can live, right? It affects what kind of car we can buy, right? So having good credit, it creates opportunities, right? So let's say, for instance, I had an 800 credit score, right? But I didn't have um, any cash, right? So if I had an 800 credit score and I didn't have any cash, I could go to maybe Federal Credit Union, USA. SSA Bank, I could go to Bank of America, I could go to Chase, I could go to all of these different banks, right? I can get $10,000, right, from 10, from 10 different banks, right? And now I have $100,000 worth of credit, right? So let's say, friends, I, I, I saw an investment, right, right here in Atlanta, you can, you can probably get a, a nice investment property for $50,000. You may have to put $25,000 in it, but you can still do it. So with my 800 credit score, I go out, right? And I get 10 credit cards, each with $10,000 on it. And now I have $10,000 worth of credit, right? I'm gonna take that $10,000 worth of credit, buy me an investment property for 50,000. Let's say it costs 25,000 to renovate the property. I'm gonna take that 25,000, put it into the, into the investment property. So now I've spent $75,000 from other people's money, right? Yeah. So let's say, for instance, the after repair value of that house is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And what's, so I, what's after repair value? Because I know we be babies. <laughs> so the after repair value is exactly what it says. After the after the repairs, this is how much the house is valued at. So I bought it at fifty. I put twenty five in it. So now I'm at seventy five. And after all of that, it's worth 150000 And there could be a, a number of different factors where it is, right? What type of um, things that I put in, like, is it, did I put hardwood pools? Does it have a, um, a fireplace and so forth, right? Because all of those different fixtures and characteristics of the house brings up the value. Yeah. So now the value, the house is worth 150000 right? So, um, what do you, what do you, and I'll just ask you, what do you think the return is on that particular house? If I was to sell it at a, at $150,000, how much money would I make? I would make, girl, don't ask me. I would make $75,000. I would make hey, good. <laughs> but if I decided to keep the house, right, I could refinance it, meaning I can take the cash out of the house, right? Mm -hmm. And I could get a loan instead of my credit cards. I could get a loan, pay those credit cards off with a loan and keep with that whatever additional cash I earned. I can keep that cash and do whatever I want with it. So if I spent 75, right, and I went and got a loan for 150, I can take this 75,000 and do whatever I want with it, right? So I'm, so if I put 75,000 cash of my own money into this house, I would have made I would have had a hundred percent return on my investment, but because I used someone else's money, right? I went to 10 different banks and got $10,000 because I used someone else's money. My return is unlimited, right? Because I use none of my money, right? Mm -hmm. I have no rest, no risk, no skin in the game. The only thing that I have is my 800 credit score. So credit, provides opportunity. It gives people leverage. It gives people opportunity, right? If you have credit and you own a business, you can lend, right? You can get credit from yourself. I mean, you can use yourself, right? To get credit for your business and you can use that credit 
to um to grow your business yeah so you know something because you know initially when i'm hearing take out 10 different credit cards for ten thousand dollars I think fear, or back in the day, I used to think fear, dang, why am I taking out, why do I have these credit cards? Can I even pay this back? But I think apart from opportunity that it creates, I think there's also a bigger picture, which is the plan after. Because for me, if I just took out these credit cards, and of course, I'm using other people's money, but then I always think about, well, how am I paying this back? But for you, you talked about a plan. You talked about having an investment property. You talked about taking out this loan, eventually, you know, um, fixing it up, then selling the house and then making a profit. And so now you're able to pay off those cards, right? And so for me, I hear plan, not just take out these credit cards and no plan, because for me, then I'll be like, oh, that's why? That's fearful. I'm not going to mess with credit. Like, I'm not going to owe people money. Like, that's, I don't want to do that. You know, and I don't even like owing people money. I like to make sure shit's paid. And so um, do you think having a plan, if you're going to do something like that, having a plan is important? Yes, I think having a plan is very important, right? In anything that you do, you want to make sure that when you are, um, you know, investing in any type of investment that you have a strategy to get out, right? You have a strategy to figure out, you know, what your return is going to be, right? You don't want to go into any investment not knowing what your exit strategy is. So having a plan is very important, but then also our mindsets, right, is, you know, important as well because um, we've always been raised, right, to pay off all your bills, right? Credit is bad because our parents always had a bad experience when it came to credit. But we have to ask ourselves, why did they have that bad experience? And the reason is because they were uneducated. They didn't know. They didn't understand. But if they had the understanding, then they would not have had that experience and then they would not have passed that down to us. Yeah. Right. So a lot of it has to do with our mindset. Yeah. I agree with that. Cause even when you and your dad was like teaching just about credit and wealth, you know, it just brought so much a greater perspective for me because like I said before, I was very fearful about credit of like having multiple credit cards and, Um, Just my thing is owing people money, not paying bills on time, because I do agree. I know that growing up, um, I've seen that in my household, right? I've seen that. And so then it's just like, I don't want that to happen to me. I'm not going to have creditors and people calling up my phone asking me for money and I don't have anything to pay them with. And so I do agree um, having the education is very important and also taking away the fear Um, I think once we have a better understanding of it and understanding why we're using it and then having the plan in place, then it's like we can create those better experiences. And I definitely agree with you when you're talking about the mindset. I think it's just so so important, especially for a selfish phase, because I think a lot of times we could stay so boxed in and what we think is like these savings and pinching pennies and and that's going to like help to bring us wealth. And it can for maybe some people, but sometimes that's not the case. And so, for example, let's say I am going to start a business, right? And I'm like, I know I can fucking sell these bags. I know I can sell these bags. I just need $1,000 to freaking buy these bags at wholesale. What'd you say? Exactly. I just need $1,000. I know I can do it. Yeah, I just need $1,000 to buy these bags on wholesale. And I'm going to sell them for $75 a piece. And then, like, but it's like, well, how am I going to get this $1,000? Well, I can save my money from my job, right? Yeah, you can do that, and it may take a long time. But if you have good credit, what you can do is buy the bags now. You wouldn't have to wait. You can buy the bags now. You have a plan in place. 
right? You're already working on your marketing. Let's get that together. So you had a bag. What do you say? People are ready to order from you, right? Exactly, exactly. So you buy the bags, you put them on your website, you start marketing, boom, people are buying, boom, you're making profit. Oh, before you know it, you sold 10 bags and you made $1,000, but you still got 300 bags to go. That means you have more potential to make more money, but now it's like, now you're profiting. Now you don't have to wait. And I think that's that's what I want to like stress to the Selfish Babe listening is like, I think when, um, you're talking about opportunity, that's it when it comes to credit, because usually what it's like, it's like, no, we have to sit, we have to wait, we have to pinch our pennies, we have to save our money, and then we can possibly go on to new opportunities. But if you had good credit, and you are able to to buy those bags right now, that creates an opportunity for more money, not necessarily, dang, I'm gonna have to owe these people. No, it's like, I'm gonna make this good ass profit, I'm gonna pay them back, and then I'm going to be able to buy a bigger bulk next time because I made so much money. Yep. That's the way it is. And so um, I really like that you touched on that. But now I just really want to kind of make sure the Selfish Babe listening understands like, you know, you can do different things with your money, things that are going to make you more money. And that's what she means when she's talking about opportunity is like, how can you create more, create more money for yourself without having to wait? For something long term because if i was being real and i don't know the type of jobs people have right now but if i was being real you may have to wait a while you know right. saving putting away spending on bills what more can you do and it's like a lot of people they stay i think in like a bucket of like scrambling all the time because it's like dang if only they had more, more money to work on their plan but again having a plan is important like i said you just don't want more money just to have more money to do nothing with it what is the plan right. um and so I know that there are some selfish babe listeners that want to know, well, okay, girl, well, I don't got an 800 uh, credit score. My credit score is maybe in a 400, maybe in a 500, maybe in the 300. Like, can you break down a little bit of like lower credit scores, higher credit scores, and then we can go into how do I get a better credit score? Okay. My phone is, my computer is on 8%, 6%. So- all right, so tell me about the lower credit scores to the higher credit scores, and how do we get good credit? Okay, so the lowest credit score that you can get is a 300 credit score. Okay. okay? The highest credit score you can get is an 850, okay. right? So if you take 850 and subtract it by 300, there are a total of 550 points that you can manipulate in order to impact your credit score, right? So I'll say that again. So the lowest credit score you can get is a 300. The highest credit score you can get is an 850. So between a 300 and an 850 credit score, there are 550 550 points that you can manipulate in order to get good credit, right? So depending on what your score is will determine what – what different interest rates that you would get approved for when it comes to a house, right? When it comes to credit cards, when it comes to car loans. So that directly impacts what your, um, what you can get approved for. So, um, I'm sorry, my father just came in here and kind of like made me. Yes. So based on what you can get approved for, right? So, depending on what your score is, you'll be able to get a certain house or a certain car or a certain type of credit card, right? So um, there are five factors that impact your credit score. 
So the number one factor is going to be payment history, right? The number two factor is going to be utilization. The number three factor is going to be credit length. Um, four is credit mix and five is going to be new credit. So your credit score, right? The 550 points from having bad credit to having good credit, there are five things that are impacting, impacting that score. And if you can understand those five factors, then you'll always have good credit. And what was it again? What were they again? You gotta repeat those. <laughs> I know. So I don't know. I straight. Well, I know what it was again. I gotta rewind. What was it again? So if you if you Google um, what makes up a credit, what makes up your credit score, what's gonna come up is a pie, right? Or if you have any credit monitoring service like my, my um, Credit Karma or smart credit or my FICO, they'll show you a pie. And of the pie, it'll be different pieces. And the pie is going to be broken up into five pieces. So the number one factor is payment history. And the reason why it's the number one factor is because it makes up 35% of your credit score. The number two factor is utilization. And that one makes up 30% of your credit score. And then credit length makes up 15%. Um, credit mix uh, makes up 10% and then new credit is the other 10%. So as long as you can understand what those five factors are, then you will always have good credit. So if payment history, right, is 35% of your credit, then you know that I need to make my payments on time because it impacts 35% of my credit score. So in the event that I make a late payment, um, if you have good credit, it literally impacts your score tremendously. I know for me, I had got a, um, I had got a credit card, right, with Saks, right? I had an 890 credit score at the time. And I... 890? Yes. 890? I mean, sorry, 790. My oh, I'm like, what? I thought we were going to 850. So 790. <laughs> 790. I apologize, guys. Um, so I had a 790, right? I've always wanted a Neiman Marcus credit card. So I wanted to get some shoes, you know, I love my shoes. So um, I went to Neiman Marcus, got me a credit card, um, bought a pair of shoes they were having to sell. And I forgot about it, right? Because yeah. I, you know, I run my different multiple businesses. We're entrepreneurs, we get busy. And Neiman Marcus called me up. So this is the second time that I had someone call me up about my credit card. So Neiman Marcus called me up and they were like, you know, you know, they were very, very pleasant. And they told me like, you know, you missed this credit. Um, you missed your payment, right? So I, um, they said that you missed your payment. So, um, you know, I was hysterical. I was like, you know, that's impossible. It's no way. Like, I'm, this is years later, you know, I'm not a child anymore. I understand credit. I teach people how to build their credit. You know, I talk about it all the time. Um, I had that credit and fixed my own. So I'm like, that's impossible, whatever. So, you know, it was like $230. So what I told her was, you know, I will pay it off right now. Like, actually, I hung up with her. Um, I called my dad and I told him, I was like, look, you know, I missed the payment. I got, uh, my credit score went down 40 points. One payment, 40 points. I was like, I'm up and I was like, Oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> you know, I've been teaching people, telling people that they need to have good credit. I've been telling people what to do. And here I am in this situation and I don't know what to do. So 
I called him and he was like, well, you call them back and tell them that it was a mistake and ask them to update your credit report. And I was just like, okay. So I called them back and I said, you know, I always pay my bills on time. I've never, ever been late ever in my life. You know, I've been late before, but I've never been late. Um, you know, I've been very responsible with my credit. I can pay it right now. It was an oversight. Can you please update my credit report? And they said, no problem. You know, I made my payment and they updated the credit report and I got some of my points back. I didn't get all 40 back, but I did get 30. So oh, I when you said, when you told them to update your credit report, that was like, you told them I'm going to make the payment now after the payments made updated. What did they say to the credit report? Oh, like what did they put? They put that it was an error on their part. Ah, wow. See, those yes. are tricks that I know the selfish banks don't know. That's the power of understanding credit, right? Because had I not known that, right, I would have, I would have took a forty-point hit, and then, you know, I would have had to, it, I would have had to, you know, come back from that. And it's hard to come back from forty points, right? Because it's just hard, you know. It's not easy. It's not easy to come back from forty points. So, knowing knowledge is power, right? It's cliche. We say it all the time, but it's true, right? Because I knew that. I was able to call them and get a portion of my 40 points back. Yeah, I like that. So I have a question about, I don't know if it's called credit to debt ratio. It's something. Yes. What is that so called? That's the second, that's the oh, second okay. um, part that makes up your credit score. It's called utilization. And basically it's how much of your debt you're using, right? So if I have 10 credit cards and the total of my credit is 100,000, and I'm using 10% of that, then I'm only using 10% of my credit, of all of my credit, right? So um, the where you wanna be, you wanna be at 10%, right? You wanna only use 10% of your credit. If you want to maintain an excellent credit score, you only wanna use 10%. 30% um, is okay, but 10% is better. So in the eyes of a creditor, they wanna know that you need them, but you don't need them, right? It's a catch-22. You need them, but you don't, you don't need them, right? Because they want you to borrow so that they can make money off of you because they're in the business of loaning credit. So they want to collect the interest, right, off of the credit that you're using. But the lower your utilization is, the higher your credit score is. The less you borrow, the higher your score is. So, for instance, you can have a 750 credit score and you can be maxed out on your credit cards. Um, your credit score might go down a little bit, right? So let's say you had a 700 credit score and you start using your cards a lot. Your credit score will go down. And then once you pay them off, your, your utilization um, will go down and then your credit score will go up because the utilization is 30% of your credit score. So if you're using a lot of your credit 30, that's affecting 30% of it. You see what I'm saying? So it's really math when you all think of it, right? Your 750 credit score is made up of five different parts, right? I, we, all, we went over payment history. That's why payment history has such a huge impact because it's 35% of your credit score. Yeah. 30% of your credit score. So it has a huge impact. Once you start using a lot of it, um, your credit score goes down, right? Um, and then the next one is length. Hey, before we go back, I'm still a little confused. So you're saying, okay, so let's say that we did have, um, 
let's say that we had ten thousand dollars in credit right right mm -hmm. that would be a thousand dollars correct right. so then let's say you were like okay so i should only utilize ten percent 30 is okay, but only do 10% because you don't want to, you don't want them to feel like they, they you need like you need it, for example, right? But what if I do start, let's say if I use seven thousand dollars of my credit card from ten thousand, my credit score is gonna go down, correct? Your credit score is gonna go down. So the more of your credit, the more you use, the less likely your credit score goes down. So the more you use, your credit card, your credit score goes down, right? Because your utilization is based off of how much you use. So if you use 70% of your credit score, of your credit card, your credit score is going to go down. Um, if your credit is mixed up of just one credit card, then your score is definitely going to reflect that. But if you had 10, 10,000 credit cards, right, and you use 7,000 on one card, you're looked at, the whole is looked at as opposed to just one credit card. Okay, so now let's say that I had just one card or, you know, $10,000 worth of credit. I use 7000 which is 70%, and my credit score goes down. How do I make it go back up? Pay it. So I just pay it. Will it, will it take ways. time? Two ways. Okay. You can increase your credit limit, right? Because if you increase your credit limit, right, your, your utilization is going to go down, right? And that means your credit score is going to go up. Okay. And that means I have a higher amount of credit. So instead of 10000 maybe it's 15000 Exactly. Okay. Um, or you can pay it. And when you pay it, your, your score will go up. I like that. All right, continue. <laughs> so that's two factors, right? So now we're at 65%. So I just told you that your credit score was made up of five factors, and I just gave you two. And I told you if you paid on time, you would always have good credit. And I told you if you kept your utilization down to 10%, you'll always have good credit. So already 65% of your credit score has been manipulated. So you have control of your credit score, right? But you didn't know it because you didn't understand what it took in order to have good credit. But now that you understand that 65% of your credit score is made up of payment history and utilization, you can now take control of 65% of your credit score, which is major, right? You can pay your bills on time, right? As long as you're in the position to do so, you can keep your utilization down as long as you're in the position to do so. So now we're going to go to credit length. So credit length is 15% of your credit score, right? And you can't determine when you started your credit, right? I started my credit, I would say, probably when I was 18. So some people may have started their credit when they were 30, right? So if you started your credit at 30 you and you're now 31, you don't have, you basically don't have any credit, right? You, you're trying to um, build your credit, right? So um, you, you can't really impact, you know, when you start your credit. You either started it at 30 or you started at 18, and that's 15% of your credit score. But what you can do is, and this is something that a lot of people don't talk about, you can become an authorized user on someone else's credit card. Okay. Now, an authorized user is someone who has the authority to use your credit card, but they're not responsible to pay it. So, for instance, if I was a mom, right, and I had a child, who was about 13 years old and 
my child went away to camp or whatever, and I wanted to make sure that child had money at all times, I would get a credit card for my child and she would have her own credit card, right? She could use it while she was away at camp. The moment I put her on that credit card, her car, her credit is activated. Uh, now starts acute her credit history starts at the age of 13 so by the time she's 18 or by the time she's 30 she's already in a position to have an 800 credit score because in order for you to have a to have perfect credit in order for you to get to your to that 850 you need to have excellent payment history for six years yeah. now she's only 13 so by the time she's 19 she she could have it she could have an 800 850 credit score yeah. so it makes up 15 percent of your credit score and as an adult you know you either either started it early or you didn't but if you add if someone adds you as an authorized user you can benefit from the longevity of that card so Olenike, if i decided that i wanted to add you to my credit card and i've had it for 20 years now it looks like when you pull your credit report, it will look like you've had that credit card for 20 years. I like that, which is a benefit to me. Which is a benefit to you. I was going to say something. So um, the idea of the mom opening up the credit card, I think for any parents out there, I definitely think that the parents should have a talk with the child. Not a, a talk as you're asking permission, but a talk of, hey, my love, this is what I'm going to do. And this is why it benefits you in the long run. Because I think having that talk creates a sense of trust, understanding that, yes, I have this credit card, understanding that mail may come under my name with the credit card, and I'm doing what's best for you. And the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, as a child gets older and if they see mail coming in their name with a credit card, they have no idea that this is happening, it could feel like mistrust and distrust. And it's sad to say, but some parents can take advantage of that and ruin their child's credit. You know what I'm trying to say? So I'm just saying for the parents that are going to utilize that as, a, you know, teach them young, teach them the purpose of it. I think, yes, going out and doing it is wonderful, but let them have the knowledge too. Why are you doing it? How is it going to benefit me? Oh, wow. Thank you so much, mom or dad or aunt or whomever for doing this for me. But have that discussion because sometimes I think, Parents do stuff, but they don't say anything. And then sometimes over time, depending on how old they are, it can create some mistrust. So I'm just saying if you are a selfish babe uh, who has kids that's going to do that for their children, make sure that you're paying that bill on time. Don't, don't, don't ruin their credit. Don't ruin their credit, okay? Well, the thing is, if they don't pay on time, they're going to ruin their own credit. Ah, ah, got it. I got it, got it, got it, got it. Because they're still responsible for the debt. Ah, the parent is responsible for the debt. The child just has the authorization to use it, but they're not responsible for paying it. Okay, so it's not putting, it's not getting a credit card for the child and just using their name and social security with no connection to you. You're just, you're the authorized, they're the authorized user under your card. Exactly. So that user on your card, yes. Got yep. it. Okay, I was a little confused. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no problem. All right, continue. Okay, so I just went over, um, so that was two fact. that was three factors. The next factor is credit mix. So credit mix is, there's actually two different parts of credit mix, right? So one of, uh, one is installment credit and the other one is revolving credit. 
So installment credit is your student loans, your mortgage, um, those types of credit, right? And then revolving credit is going to be your credit cards and your char charge cards. Charge card. Charge card, sorry. Yeah. Um, revolving credit means that you can use it and use it again, pay it and use it again, pay it and use it again. For instance, a credit card, right? When you pay your credit card, right, at the end of the month and you use all of it, if you pay it, you can, you can use it again. Right. But with a loan, when you get a loan, a mortgage for your house after 30 years, you don't get another mortgage. Right. After you get a car auto loan, you pay it off. And then that's the end. It's the end of the term. If you get a personal loan, the same thing. That's the end. So that is what we call installment. And then credit cards is what we call revolving. So there's two different types you know, of credit mix. It's installment and it's also revolving. So having both of those is 10 percent that makes up 10% of your credit score. So you can also impact that as well. So if you only have revolving debt, revolving cards, if you got a loan, that would help increase your credit score because now you have more. That you know you can pay. Huh? I said a loan that you know you can pay. As long as you know you can pay. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the last factor, which also makes up 10%, is called new credit. So new credit is basically breathing new life into your credit report, right? So if you do have bad credit and you are, um, you know, trying to restore your credit, then one thing that you want to do is you want to breathe new life into your credit, into your, um, into your credit. So basically that means open up new, new accounts because new accounts is 10% of your credit mix. So once you add new accounts into your credit report, now you are in a position to impact 35% of your credit score because you're going to be making those payments on time. So if you get five new credit cards, right, you have, let's say you have a 300 credit score and you get five new credit cards and you pay all five of them on time for 15 months, um, for six months, that means you have 15 on time for three months, I'm sorry, you have 15 on-time payments, right? So if you have five cards and you pay them all on time for three months, that means you've made 15 on-time payments. And because of your credit score, um, the payment is payment is made is 35% of it. Now you can use those 15 on-time payments to influence your credit score and you can increase it. So two things is happening, right? You're breathing new accounts into your credit score which is 10%, which makes up 10% of your credit score. And then also you're making those payments on time. So you're manipulating 35% of your credit score. So by breathing new life into your credit, by opening up new accounts and paying them on time, you're manipulating 45% of your credit score. Nice. I like that. So now. So, no, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, so, you know, if you can understand um, the five factors that go into your credit score, you can have good credit. I like that. You can, and you don't need to be a genius to figure that out. I like that. I like that you broke down those five factors and gave us some more information. Um, so now let's say that if I was a selfish babe that had a 300, a 400, a 500, a 600 credit score, and I really want to raise my credit because I see the opportunity can create you know, how can Good Credit America help me do that? Because sometimes 
you know, I can do all that on my own, right? But maybe I want to get a little help and maybe it's going to help it go faster. So how can Good Credit America help me, you know, move up my credit score? So Good Credit America has been around for years, right? Um, and although I went through the five factors that impact your credit score, um, when you do have a score like a 300 or 400, you know, it takes a lot of work to get up to get up to an 800 or a 850, right? It takes work. It takes time. You know, a lot of people don't have the time because realistically, you can, you know, build your own credit, right? I basically gave you the formula, right? So you can build your own credit, but it's just, it takes a lot of work, right? It takes a lot of time, right? Um, you got to know, um, you know, who to send them, who to send your information to, right? Because they're, are a lot of factors that go into building your credit. You have to pull your credit report, right? You have to pull the right report because if you get your core, your score from Credit Karma, Credit Karma uses a different um, system to rate your to rate your credit score. So they use something called Vantage, right? And Vantage is just a certain algorithm that determines what your credit score will be. But lenders use a different um, they use the my the my FICO um, factor in order to determine your credit score. So you need to know you know where you're pulling your score from, right? You also need to um, be able to um, analyze your report, right? So you need to know what language to use when you're disputing your um, the things that's on your credit, right? Um, you need to um, you need to know you know what to dispute, how to dispute it. When, when it comes back verify what to do in that case, right? Because a lot of times people will try to build their own, to rebuild their own credit and they get stuck. They get to the point where um, their, their reports are being verified. The information that they're trying to delete off of their credit report is being verified, right? But what they don't know is that there are certain laws and regulations that are in place to make sure that the credit bureaus are being fair and make sure that the credit bureaus are verifying that information, right? So when they come back verified, you have to, you can still go to them and say, who verified it, right? What was the person? What conversation did they have? What was their name? What time? Who was it? Because what's happening is credit bureaus are private companies, right? And they're in the business of gaining, they're, they're in the business of collecting information, right? So all they're doing is collecting data, Right. And if you have a bad credit score, then you are more more profitable for them. Right. Because they can sell your information at a higher at a higher point, because if your credit score is low, that means you lack, you know, education and you can easily be fooled into paying um, off a collection item when you're not responsible for paying a bad debt when it goes to a collection agency. Because what happens is the company writes it off as a bad debt and yeah. they actually get a tax break on it. So technically, it's illegal for a collection agency to collect on that bad debt, right? So a lot of people don't know, you know, a lot of the information and a lot of the steps that goes into, you know, building your credit. But if you were to do the research, you know, you can do it. You can do it on your own, but it's not easy. You know, it does take a lot of factors and it's not it's, it's not a lot of people say think that you can build your credit 
in a month, two months, three months, but it takes a year, you know, it takes time. It takes um, information and it takes different strategies in order to, to build your credit, you know? So our company has been along, has been around for a very long time. Um, my dad has been teaching about credit for years and years and years and years. And um, our company has looked over, over 8,000 credit scores, um, I mean, credit reports. And one thing that we have noticed is that all credit, every, every credit score is, every credit report is rebuildable, right? No matter how low your credit score is, you can be, rebuild it because anything that has been put on your credit report, it, has, it can be taken off, no matter what it is. Okay, so if we wanted to reach out to you and work with you and rebuilding my credit, how would I contact you all? So my um, company is goodcreditamerica.com, and that's goodcreditamerica.com. Um, I can be reached at 470-231-8908. Say again. And, um, 470-231-8908. Okay. And my email is Kalea, K-H-A-L-I-A, at business credit financing dot info and i'm gonna make sure selfish babes that her information is below in the description as well and they can follow you on instagram and what was your instagram? yes oh my instagram is k cross the boss that's k-c-r-o-s-s-t-h-e-b-o-s-s i love that Thank, Thank you, you. So for teaching the selfish babes about credit, why we need it, how to get good credit, how you can help us go, get good credit, and how we can take this credit and really flip it and make yep. some profit, whether you're going to be yes. investing, whether you're going to do it in your business and selling a product. I'm going to tell y'all, selfish babes, one of the good things about creating wealth is solving people's problem and selling them something. Okay, solving people's problem and selling them something. So you want to get on something to sell people or do the investment thing in terms of home buying, like Kalei has mentioned earlier. But you want to get your credit right first. Yes, you definitely do. Bad credit ain't cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, love. Bye. Thank you for having me. Hey, beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way and you think that it could be impactful to a girl or a woman that you know, definitely send this episode to her. Also, make sure to download our Selfish Babe app to receive self-love inspirational messages throughout your day found in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. You can also head over to our website, SelfishBabes.com, to join the community. Follow at SelfishBabes with an S on Instagram. Or you can also follow me on Instagram at Elsie. I affirm that you have an amazing day. I will connect with you on the next episode. And I love you. Mwah.